Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. think that it should be an animal house? No. So stop crying about it. You're really crying because I said, why did you talk to me like this? Stop! Stop! Just stop! Okay, you don't need need to come. You're fine. This is over food. No, I've done that after 20 minutes of you reprimanding me and and putting me down. Sorry. God. What happened? Bitch. What happened? Does anybody know where my yogurt is? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. More than likely, if you're listening to this, it is the 4th of July here in America, and so I decided to have a very special episode to talk about all the things that I love about the United States of America. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you, bye. Um, I honestly, you guys didn't even, it didn't even occur to me really that it was the 4th of July until yesterday, July 2nd. I was in the elevator with a handsome gentleman, and as I left said elevator, he said, happy 4th of July, and I said, you too, and I felt very much like Emma Chamberlain at the Met Gala, where Jack Harlow said, I love you, and she's just like, love ya, (laughs) like, I felt a fool, okay, you know, we all get in these situations where we're just like, okay, bye, or like, have a nice day to somebody who it like wasn't appropriate to say that to. So, you know, in the interest of a a woman who's like stuck and always like, being pleasant to strangers, I know that might be a shock to you. um, You know, I just regurgitated back what I heard. And you know, I regret that. I do. I do. And to answer your question, I know some of you guys were asking. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. Um, But before we get into the actual episode, um, just one little note before we get into this. I was on the Ashley and Jessica cast, and we talked about um, an episode of the Ashley Simpson show, season one, I believe episode seven, where she's doing the, um, photo shoot for autobiography. She's doing a video shoot for shadow. Ryan Cabrera's there. The hair is there. It's a whole thing. Ken Pavis is there. It's a lot of fun. So check that out. It was a really fun conversation and, uh, yeah, let's get into the episode. We're going to start off with our can I get a hell yeah because, you know, I'm feeling very patriotic and and hopeful. And so this story is about a man who stole money from his job and 
doesn't seem to have any intention of giving it back. Um, so in Chile, there was a gentleman who discovered that he had been paid several times more than he should have. So he gets his check expecting it to be somewhere around 450 bucks. And he looks and it's 150,000. Okay. Wow. So he starts off by doing the right thing. This gentleman, he reports it to HR, the little snafu. So he reported it to his HR manager in, um, he reported it to his manager back in May, who then flagged it to HR. So everything's all good. Thank you for letting us know. We're going to need that money back. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. No problem. Except not. He told them that he was going to go to the bank the next day to give the money back and see you later. Arrivederci, <laughs> sir. They have not seen that man since. He went to the bank withdrew the money, didn't deposit it back where it should have, and completely went ghost. Now, this is the part that really took me out. So obviously the employers are trying to make contact with this guy, figure out where he is. Are you going to give us our money back? They do this for a few days, right? Didn't hear anything from him. So then they get a letter from this man's lawyers saying he's officially resigned from his job. <laughs> you think <laughs> that's a real, can I get a hell yeah move for me? Like we're going to like, I'm not speaking anymore. You will hear through my lawyers only. Um, I have quit. Thank you very much. And, um, thank you for your service. I had a great time. Uh, don't feel the need to give me a reference. I have, think we might not be getting one. They have not been able to find those man since. Uh, there's been no sign of contact. The company's still looking for him. They filed a formal complaint um, charging this man with misappropriation of funds. But they don't know where he is. But you know what? I bet he's not in Chile anymore. I think he's the fuck gone if he's uh, anything... <laughs> If if he's really learned anything, it's leave, sir. You can't come back to Chile. That's it. I hope you said goodbye to your mama, gave her a kiss on the cheek. You're not coming back, sir. Okay? If you're... What does he think he's going to do? I love this. I'm constantly asking the question in my mind of what is step two, okay? Like, clearly he was not... This wasn't like a scamming situation where he's skimming a little bit off of the company cream for a little bit and then bouncing. Like this was a total accident. So what do you do in this moment where you really hit a lick and uh, you got to think about how to plan this shit? <laughs> Honestly, like damn the man, you know, I love it. I think it's truly hilarious. Maybe he left a device around that, uh, you know, check the Google search for um, countries that um, can harbor people from Chile uh, and who won't like send them back. What's what's it like extradite them back? Dog, run Forrest, run. I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you and I support you in your endeavors and Godspeed. Godspeed. Leave me out of it. Don't DM me. I don't want the smoke, but like, good luck to you, girl. Good luck to you. Um, let's talk about our, our girl of the week. You guys, this is something that's like really personal to me. Okay. Really, uh, hit me in the heart in a way that I did not expect, but here we are. Um, so as we are talking now, the cast of summer house is back in their, uh, Hamptons rental. This is our first week. And there was some, you know, I was very confused because it seemed like all the cast was getting ready to come back. They were preparing for the Hamptons. If you looked at their social media, Carl and Lindsay moved into that apartment and they will not let this like clearly spawn con uh, closet organization deal that they've got going on. So they've been very busy with that. We saw on, well, I saw Andrea came back to America from Italy a few days prior. He was hanging out with Luke. Then Luke and Lindsay and Carl and Andrea were all hanging out. And I thought, okay, yeah, sure. This makes sense. Andrea's back for filming. 
right? Wrong, wrong. So we found out they raced and eradicated all of the himbos from the summer house. I'm talking Alex. Yeah. I mean, nobody's surprised about that, but real go girl, give us nothing. Andrea, which I think is more upsetting for you girls listening than it was for me. You know, I didn't really see it for Andrea too much. Like he was fine, but like, I didn't really care for his like, uh, balky, um, Italian impression because literally all he was giving was a red sauce and a pasta, like nothing else, nothing else. He's always complaining about, um, how there was an authentic cuisine, authentic Italian cuisine. And every time we get a jarred red sauce and a pasta and you can put it uh, in your flowery, lovely language. Italian is a beautiful language, but sir, this is spaghetti. Okay. If anybody knows a pasta and a red jarred red sauce, it's me. All right. I know what I'm looking at. And it wasn't even like a Rayo's sauce. It certainly wasn't Carbone. It was like Prego. It was it was really giving Prego. Um, so he's gone. But my one true North Star when it comes to himbos, Luke, has also gotten the chop. He announced it on an Instagram story. And I just feel like, is somebody casting mad at me? What are they thinking? This does not bode well for me for the future of Summer House because, uh, okay, so Andrea was not single, but Alex and Luke are. So what are we doing then? Are we just getting like summer summer couples house? Is it just going to be like paid? And also there were news that Sierra might be a friend of situation. I don't know what that means for Summer House. You know what I mean? Like what, what does that mean? In terms of Summer House. So that's also the other single person. So we're talking Paige, and I'm sure Craig will be there. Obviously Carl and Lindsay. Obviously Kyle and Amanda. Maya. I'm assuming we didn't hear any news about her firing. Um, But Maya might be with Homeboy. What's his name? Max? Doesn't matter. Um... I'm just like, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned because I just feel like we need fresh blood. We need single people in that house that are going to mix it up a little bit. Uh, We need Paige out of the bed. Okay. Do Paige and Craig do their bed stuff when they're alone? I don't know. I don't know. Um, So I'm just very confused. Like you're basically like Luke is a himbo king. And if you guys couldn't see how necessary he was to the fold, then I don't know what to tell you because he was always ready to play. He was always ready to get in on the action. He was a fair, um, but wise himbo king and we will miss him greatly. And I just don't understand like truly again, what does this mean for the future of summer house? Because like, if we're just working with what we got here, I'm a scared. I'm real a scared. Okay. Um, ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I would have rather had Amanda out of the summer house than, than Luke. <laughs> That's my truth. That is my truth, you guys. And Luke, from what I saw, was the only man to speak out about Roe v. Wade. I'll let that sink in. Nothing from Carl. Carl and I have officially broken up, you guys. Nothing from Carl. Nothing from Kyle. Nothing from Lindsay. Nothing from Amanda. That's sad, baby. That's sad. Speaking of sad, there was another LA Times article that dropped from on high when it with regard to a Bravo celebrity, if you could even call him that. Um, and it was not Erica Jane or Tom Girardi this time. It was Randall Emmett who, I mean, was this necessarily a bombshell uh, bit of accusations? No. Were we surprised? No. Did it need to be said? Absolutely. So let's talk about it. So basically, this is all just about how Tom, no, nope. <laughs> What's his name? Randall is a scammer, liar, cheater, pervert, weirdo, abuser, exploiter, all the words. All of the bad words, ugly, chinless, all those things. So, I mean, where do I even begin? 
Where do we even begin? Let's start with the Bruce Willis of it all, okay? Because this has been on my heart and my spirit for quite some time, and I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast. So y'all know, like, several months ago, it came out that Bruce Willis has a condition called aphasia, which is basically, like, he... Uh, his cognitive ability has uh, worsened and I think it is a progressive disease, but it affects his memory. I think his speech, perhaps his just like overall abilities um, to function like without the assistance of somebody. So I think now he's like in the care of people and it's just like really, really sad that he's got this degenerative um, condition going on. So Um, my question in all of this was like, I know very little about Randall's career, but I do know that he's a producer. I do know that he tends to do these, uh, I'm sure there's a term for it, but just like basically straight to DVD style movies where you get them out, you push them out real fast. They're like good money makers. They're not going to, you're not going to be like Michael Bay or Steven Spielberg or whoever, but it's consistent work, it's money, and they're cheap to make, and you usually end up making, like, you know, maybe six figures, maybe seven off of it, right? Just, like, you know, crap, crap movies, right? So, I knew that Bruce Willis had been in several of them, and I'm thinking, like, doing the math... And thinking, okay, these last movies that Bruce Willis seemed to be doing were these Randall Emmett style, straight to DVD, straight to the DVD bin um, stuff. It's it all seems very exploitative. So where does Bruce Willis fall into all of this, right? So we found out. It came out. Um, basically... These sources are alleging that Randall was fully aware of Bruce's um, declining health and that he was happy to keep working with this man despite that. Um, And allegedly in September of 2020, uh, Randall was directing Willis in a movie called Midnight in the Switchgrass, which I think has um, Megan Fox and somebody else like pretty big names, but, um, so he was directing him and there was a scene in which Bruce needed to kick a door. He wasn't able to do it. They got a stunt coordinator in it. Um, this is according to several crew members who were on the scene and he just like, couldn't do it and was like confused asking if he did something wrong. Like, it just makes me so sad. (laughs) to even say this like and I'm not even like a Bruce Willis stan but like I just like have a very soft spot for people who like have cognitive issues and memory issues like it's my biggest fear that I'm just gonna like that like my mom's gonna get dementia or something or like just I I just the mind is very terrifying for me so like just knowing that people are being exploited even in the slightest way just like truly breaks my heart but um so then another person, uh, she was named herself. Her name is Alicia Haverland. She's a property manager for Midnight in the Switchgrass, the film, said that you would have to be blind to see that Bruce was not struggling. So then, apparently, after that door-kicking incident, um, Randall allegedly called Lala and said, I can't do this anymore. He was crying on the phone to her and said, it's just so sad. Bruce can't remember any of his lines and he doesn't know where he is. So... With that being said, he still continued to work with Bruce and the Times article says that basically when Lala and uh, Randall needed money to like rob from Peter to pay Paul because he's like, you know, fucking Adam Sandler and um, Uncut Gems just always, you know, just ponzi scheming right like you're owing people money you're doing this to pay them off and then you know get a quick infusion of cash so basically when it when they needed money to pay off debts they would discuss quote making another bullshit bruce willis movie according to a former assistant named anna sismanska i think anna may have been at least spoken about on vanderpump rules last season so these are people who were very close to randall so then um, there were other allegations, including an alleged um, abusive incident between Randall and Lala. So trigger warning for domestic violence 
um, Lala says that she learned that Rand may have been cheating on her. So she confronted him and asked to look at his phone and Randall wouldn't give her the phone. So Lala then says that Randall ran after her, tackled her and knocked her to the ground, adding that she used every ounce of her strength to get him off of her. His representative says that Randall hadn't cheated on Lala, but he just enjoyed hanging out with his friends. Um, then Lala claimed that Randall attempted to get her to sign an NDA offering her $14,000 to keep her relationship with, uh, Randall a secret. There was another woman who told the times that back in 2014, she was leaving a bar and Randall pulled up in a Rolls Royce and was like, he pulled, pulled the window down was like, Oh, I'm not a creep. I promise. But I'm a movie producer. You can Google me, please Google me. (laughs) And then uh, there was another woman who claimed that Randall slid into her DMs repeatedly asking her to fuck her on the DL and do quote heroin and meth together. Um, there was another actress who claimed that Randall had basically, uh, attempted to exchange, uh, sexual favors for movie roles. And she asked him about a role one time that she had auditioned for. And he allegedly replied, yes, one day of work and you need to fuck me. One word. You need to fuck me, hon. Yuck. Yuck. There was another former associate that said that Randall hid his, had his back hair shaved (laughs) in the office on the carpet and that he did lines of Coke off a poker table at Sundance. Um, there was another assistant who claimed that Randall uh, blamed this person for the death of his goldfish and texted that person and said, don't care. Told you to get a doctor. Now my fish is dead. (laughs) So Randall hit back and said that basically every allegation in this article um, is false and falsified all by Lala Kent. Who's trying to do this to get full custody of their daughter. Um, Okay. I mean, what I've heard about Randall doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter that I've heard that he's a very nice person. It doesn't matter that like, I know that people have said like on the surface level, he's like, uh, just like super nice because (laughs) I have to keep it in the context of like, uh, all of these situations of him seeming nice were also situations where he would know to be nice to take advantage of a situation. He would know to be, to keep it cool. You know, a lot of these situations, a lot of the reasons why people are able to get away with the things that they're able to get away with are like, you know, for example, R. Kelly, um, and the 30 years that he just got in prison, shout out to that, um, are that there are a network of people who can, who, you know, can, uh, uh, protect you, but also, you know, which spaces you can wow the fuck out and which spaces you can't. So even though I've only heard good things about Randall, I also know that I have to keep it in context. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, you know, um, to have, I find it hard to believe that Lala would have so much cachet in Hollywood that these people wouldn't mind taking down or, you know, quote unquote, taking down Randall in this wholly explosive article. I just find that extremely hard to believe. Um, I'm sure they reached out to all of these people. I mean, these are all people who were putting their names in the article and are also like the anonymous ones are claiming to have very close uh, work contact with him. So I believe all of these women, you know, I believe all of them. And he seems like a weird ass. We all thought that, you know, (laughs) there's got to be some truth to it there. Um, And also like, we know his relationship history to act like, oh, I just like hanging out with my friends. Oh, was Lala your friend when you were um, mystery man on the show for four, how many years before you uh, were able to get that actual divorce from homegirl on you? You know what I mean? Like, was she just your friend there? Is that what you were telling Amber, your, your, your wife? What, that Lala was just your friend? Like, we know that you're a cheater. <laughs> we know that. We know that you're a slime bag. We know that you do these, like, weird-ass movies just to, like, as a cash grab. Like, all of these things are true. So, 
get yourself together, sis. I don't know what to tell you. And with that, you guys, I am going to leave you for the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of episode four of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club, which, ooh, should we talk about the casting news for season three? I think we should. Um, So in terms of casting, it's looking like they're doing dynamic duos if you will. Um, Allegedly, they're going to be starting to film in July, uh, July 17th. And I'm not sure of the location, but I saw a picture of eight women. So let's break it all down. Um, I saw Candace Dillard and Giselle. Chills. Okay. I have the fucking chills. Speaking of, I have the fucking chills. Uh, Whitney and Heather from Salt Lake City. You guys see where we're going with this? We have Tinsley and Leah from Real Housewives of New York. And then Alexia and Adriana from Real Housewives of Miami. So I'm it's giving like new newest pairings, I guess you could say. <laughs> like new girls and also BFF girls. So I'm not sure about this as a group. I'm not sure about all this because I like, even though uh, clearly the ex-wives club cast is the most divisive because they're some of the most hated housewives in history. um, I could see where they were going with that. And I was just excited because I, to me, in my mind, I was like, oh, we're getting bad girls club and almost we're almost there. Um, this, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm, I'm very interested. Like this to me, it seems like Giselle's going to look at this as her show and her time to shine. And I'm kind of here for that. I'm very interested to see Candace off Potomac and how she relates to other women. Um, and really outside of that, I don't really think I care. Like in what world does like, like do like Giselle and Tinsley get along you know like I feel like Giselle would find Tinsley extremely annoying you know what I mean so I don't know I I just I'm and Leah and Leah too so I'm I'm interested I'm definitely gonna watch I'm interested but I think I would have preferred a more mix of old and new with the cast instead of doing like all of these new girls all at once I don't I don't know I don't know about this. So, uh, yeah. Happy 4th of July, you guys. (laughs) Happy Monday. Happy day off to all of you who do um, have your day off. And uh, we'll be back later. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. All right, you guys. Let's talk about episode four of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. Now, I know last week I, you know stamped myself as a card-carrying member of the Dorinda Medley stand club. However, if I know one thing about Bravo and I know one thing about housewives and the opinions that we can have on housewives, it's that they can change like the wind and I can just take back everything and call you guys liars for calling me out on it. Um, I don't think it's really going to happen in this case, but I will say that... Dorinda is being a little bit of a downer, okay? Um, and I, you know, as a card-hearing member of the Dorinda Mendeley fan club, a bluestone myself, I understand where she's coming from. But here's the thing, like... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Once you invite people into your house, like I'm like Whoopi Goldberg, like I don't want anybody up in my house. However, once you make the decision to invite people there, you have to like loosen the reins a little bit. And I'm noticing that Dorinda's really having a hard time like being cool and not being all uncool, you know, to to steal a line from one Luann Deliceps. She's like... Not accepting the fact that not everybody wants to do all of her activities that she has packed in every hour of every day, except for four o'clock, because we know that's her nap time. And it's showing it's not really very welcoming. And I get it. So let's talk about it, because this was probably, you know, of the four episodes, her worst, most poorly behaved episode for sure. So the morning begins with Jill making what she calls her famous chocolate chip banana bread, which seems, you know, I I don't can't remember. I think maybe I was listening to Come Through Queen and they were mentioning how Jill, when she first came on the show, Ultimate Girls Trip, that is, that she was taking a page out of the Bethany Frankel handbook of like always be selling. She's talking about the rug line she's talking about the jill and Allie uh two-piece set she's talking about this and that and where she used to work and all that and now i'm thinking gosh we're really really doing like a single white female thing here because i feel like bethany at one point was like rather famous for her boo-boo's banana bread like if i know that to be true then it's got to be true i think it's also a chocolate chip banana bread as somebody who recently made banana bread i was would have been way more interested in that um, competition between Bethany and Jill than I would have like Brandy and Dorinda lasagna. Because let's be real, like, I mean, Phaedra did call it last week. Like, black people don't really, like, we're very much sticklers about our food and our food prep. And Dorinda really kept fingering a lot of the meals that we saw. And it just, ugh. I mean, you say you wash your hands, but she's like deep in there. There's, there's a depth that, that, you know, it concerns me with it when it comes to food and health safety. Okay. Um, but with that being said, she starts making this like quote unquote famous banana bread, um, which really seemed to amount to like a half a tin of like mini muffins and then a loaf of bread. And I mean like a loaf, like, did she put it in a bread loaf pan? Like it literally looked like just like a plop of banana bread. Would I have eaten it anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a little overcooked, but we'll move on. Um, so Brandy, who seems to have lost a fake nail since the night before and her uh, just really poor behavior, telling everybody to shut the fuck up and like not understanding. Here's what I, I figured out about Brandy. Brandy behaves in like a very brandy lashing out sort of way. And then when people mimic her behavior back to her, she's like, Oh my God, you guys are literally insane. So I just wish that Brandy would understand (laughs) that like 
what she's not liking in people's reaction is just them giving back what she's giving to them. And if you don't like it, girl, then change your behavior. Anyway, she's texting Eva saying, hey, girl, I'm really sorry that I, you know, referred to your husband as a mangina because I really like you. I didn't mean to upset you. Frowny face. Frowny face. I Not even the emoji, just like the, the analog colon parenthesis frowny face. Um, so then they end up having a conversation outside and Brandy's legitimately apologetic. I, you know, again, she can't really... Uh, articulate herself well. She has a problem with that. But what I think is going on is that I think what Brandy meant is that you kept telling me that your husband is like really attentive and he's like an active father and he does this and that and the third for you. And I thought like he was kind of a pussy because of it. But then I saw him and I'm like, oh, this is like a whole ass man. She didn't say that. And her you know, um, explanation really made even less sense, but she basically said that she was surprised at why Mike, Eva's husband was like so active as a father. And she compared it to Eddie, who she said in the eight years of their marriage, maybe only changed like two diapers or something. So Eva's like, okay, girl, you know, this is like, uh, I'm accepting your apology, but I'm, we're really just going to move on. Cause I don't feel like getting into it with you. Um, did I talk about everybody loving Eva? I don't think I did. I, I knew this. I knew that this was going to happen. I didn't expect to see this like ultra Zen, um, you know, marijuana laced Eva, but I've been saying for years that if we can just you know, not, not, you know, not me in the year 2022 wanting to police women's bodies, but I just knew that like she kept getting pregnant on the show. And so we weren't feel, we weren't seeing like the full, uh, scope of one Eva the diva. But I thought I knew like in my heart that if we just had one season where she wasn't pregnant, we would really get like the Eva that deserves to be on reality TV. So I'm, I'm glad that people are now liking her because I know that initially they thought she was like on some real flop behavior, but I'm glad I'm, I'm glad for the Eva's aunts. Eva's just like, you know, I think Brandy just talks before she thinks whatever, like this is one. If you do it again, you're really going to get it, but I'm going to let, I'm going to give you a free pass on this one. So then we see the ladies, they're getting ready for aerobics, something that Dorinda seems to think is like this iconic um, uh, moment from her, but apparently it only happened twice, like one time on the show and one time just for BravoCon, and I think maybe she did it for charity once. So, you know, it's not really hitting in the iconography calendar or category for me, but, you know, put the spandex on, girl. I don't care. Let's do it. So... Um, everybody was talking about what the eighties were like for them. Tamara's like, oh yeah, it was all Aquanet hair and, you know, stockings and blue eyeshadow. I think it's a Phaedra. She's like, uh, I was just like a kid in the eighties. I don't know. I don't remember anything. Now, Phaedra, you were born in 1973. So let's not really act like you don't remember the eighties because you were such a child. You and Brandy are like, the same age. Okay. <laughs> By 1990, you were 17. You should remember some of that decade, ma'am. <laughs> now I just want to pause because I wanted to compare Phaedra's age to at least one of the other housewives in the house. And I, so I chose Tamara and I, I'm grateful to the shady gods for that because you guys know when you Google somebody, they'll, you know, like a notable celebrity person, they'll put their occupation. Who put fitness coach? Y'all. <laughs> Who who put fitness coach under Tamara Judge's uh, description? DM me, please. Is Cut Fitness even open? Did Cut Fitness make it past 2020? I can't Google it. It'll really... If if the answer is yes, I'm just not emotionally prepared to handle that. So let's, let's just move on. So, like I said, Dorinda's being pretty possessive with her home. And... 
initially she put these rules up in Bluestone Manor and every bedroom had like the little rules of no shoes upstairs, no food in the bedrooms, etc. Right. Um, Vicky and Tamara have not been listening to this no food in the bedroom since the moment they got into the bedroom, frankly. And Dorinda says that Len, her housekeeper, has been reporting back on everything to her. And Len is just as invested in Bluestone Manor. This was like such a white lady thing to say. Len is just as invested in the, the stateliness of, of, or you know, the condition of Bluestone Manor because she's the one who has to clean it up. <laughs> it's giving like Kelly Osborne. Remember when she was on The View and she was like, you know, if Donald Trump wants to get rid of all these Mexican people, like, didn't he think about who was going to clean your bathroom? Who was going to clean your toilets, Donald? (laughs) They were like, uh, girl. Do you guys remember that? Oh, what a time. So Tamara, instead of just owning up to it, she throws Marco, the butler, under the bus by saying, well, he brought us a, a fruit and yogurt this morning. So, you know, but okay, what about the cupcakes, girl? What about the cupcakes? What about the wine? What about all the other food that you brought into the bedroom? Like, here's my thing is where Dorinda fucked up is because she got all these ladies like welcoming cupcakes with their faces on them and put them in the bedrooms. So listen, you put, you planted the seed. I'm, I'm going to give them credit for the cupcakes, but the other stuff, fair, fair, because there was a rule. But not the cupcake, because you put them in the bedroom. I need a night cupcake. So who are me to not, you know, give myself that? Don't put them in the bedroom if you don't want me to eat them there. That's what I think. And that's really the defense that Tamara should have given her this whole time and checked her ass. Sorry, Dorinda. So Dorinda says that she left the plaque with all the rules on it. And Tamara's like, I didn't see it. There's so much going on in all of these bedrooms. I couldn't possibly have honed in on one, one little plaque with some rules on it. So then they start getting into it. And Dorinda's like, oh, well, I'll get the plaque for you. And Tamara's like, I don't need to see this. Like, I'm not a child. You don't have to show me the plaque. We don't have to like, you don't have to read it to me. Like, I got it. I got it. And then Dorinda gets mad at Tamara for just saying, I got it. I got it. And she feels like Tamara's being dismissive of her and, you know, Bluestone Manor, BSM, if you will. And then it's just like a true, uh, I mean, I was on both of their sides, but I was really more on Tamara's side because of the way Dorinda handled it. Like she was just taking shit way too personally. And she was talking to uh, Tamara and Vicky like they were children. And I, you know, as much as I regretted saying that I want Tamara back on um, Orange County, um, I'm also going to regret saying that I enjoyed watching her have a freak out. And here's the thing that I always really wanted to, you know, I always want to unpack is the way each city fights and how so many people would not be able to handle an argument. Like would Kyle be able to go up against Candace Dillard Bassett? Never in her fucking life. She better be glad (laughs) there's an entire country between them. Never. Kyle would eviscerate into dust. Okay. Dust. Um, would, you know, I've, This is going to be a bit of a hot take, but I'm going to say it. I think Kim Richards is the only white housewife who can fight like a black woman. She does not give a fuck. She will come at you. She's quick with the word. And she really like will hit you with the okie doke. I just watched a clip of her from, I don't even know what show this is, but like it was like some sort of um, marriage boot camp style show featuring mothers and daughters. And who else was on it? Heidi and her mom. Uh, Natalie Nunn from Bad Girls Club. And there's a clip where Kim and Natalie Nunn just go head to head to against each other. And it's really like a true meeting of the minds because like, it, it's just incredible. I, I, I need Kim Richards back in my life. Like early seasons, Kim Richards, when she would just go off on somebody, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Anyway, that was a long, long, long winded say way to say that I just really enjoyed like seeing Tamara's screeching, freaking out, calling people a bitch and running away versus Dorinda's like punch drunk. I don't give a fuck New York attitude. It really was like 
you know, it's like watching one of those videos with like a bunny and a turtle, you know, just like, I, I just want to see what's going on. What's going to happen. But then Tamara starts to cry at some point and Dorinda's being like, what are you crying for? It really wasn't that deep. And they're just like not communicating. They're not speaking the same language. So Dorinda at one point did tell Tamara, like, just don't go to the Dorobics event if you're going to flip out like this. And so that leads to Vicky and Tamara sitting in their bed, uh, you know, by themselves while the ladies do Dorobics. Oh, at one point, Dorinda said something to Tamara and Vicky about like, I don't really know what goes on in your guys' homes and what you guys do there. But at Bluestone Manor, we don't eat in our bedrooms. And they're both looking at her like, bitch. (laughs) It was a real like old money versus new money conversation. And, you know, I didn't hate watching it. I didn't. So then all the other ladies do interviews like back to back to back about how they haven't been eating in their bedrooms. And then it's like, Eva, I haven't been eating there. Evidence of Eva eating a cupcake. Phaedra, I didn't eat there. She's also eating a cupcake. Jill says she definitely ate. And we see a whole clip of her taking during a meal an entire tray of like appetizers or cheese or whole charcuterie board or something up to her bedroom, like an entire serving tray full of food. (laughs) Where was Dorinda then? How did she not see that? So Eva has heard this uh, argument happening, but she's been, you know, like smoking her cigarettes, huffing her vape in the bedroom. No rules about whether or not to vape in the bedroom, I noticed. Interesting. But she's like, you know what, before I get into this aerobics thing, I'm going to do what I got to do, which is take a shot of Tito's and eat some of these uh, <laughs> sour cream and onion chips. Keep in mind, this is like eleven mm, fifteen, maybe. <laughs> now, granted, to be fair to Eva, she has been up since five doing her radio show. But it was still funny. Still funny to me. Um, so they go to do their aerobics you know, whatever. I hate watching an activity on television. I really do. Um, (laughs) Vicky and Tamara are like trying to get all the food out of their bedrooms and, and giving it to Marco. Like it's like contraband that they need to have snuck out. Like they're in jail or something. And so then after the workout, Phaedra and Jill go to talk to Tamara and Vicky. Eva overhears them. (laughs) She walks past their house, their bedroom, like, I just don't see me. I'm don't see me. Don't hear me. And she says, you know what? I'm going to be social distancing from them. I'm going to be following CDC guidelines from the bullshit and whatever they're doing. Sounds like germs to me. Okay. I'm out. (laughs) So then the ladies we find out are all going to be tasked with planning some event during this week. Taylor's up and she's planning a tea party from her, you know, as a throwback to her, um, Again, I'm not sure if this is iconic, but her $50,000 tea party that she spent on uh, Kennedy for her fourth birthday and did that whole photo shoot on top of the the table, that moment. So they go to this really nice house. And before they get there, Jill tries to talk to Vicky and Tamara and is like, hey, Dorinda's just the kind of woman she'll like lash out at you and then not think about it for a second. So just let it go. She got it out. Like, let it go. Vicky's like, I don't operate like that. Like I need time to process. And I'm kind of with her on that. Like if we're in a fight, I can't just like blink and snap out of it. Not going to happen. Like you're going to have to give me a good 15 (laughs) to get out of my feelings because I was ready to rumble. Okay. So I, I need to work that out. Um, and then Brandy said something that I thought was pretty astute. She said that she feels like the three housewives who got fired uh, the soonest being Vicky, Tamara, and Dorinda are all still in housewives mode. They're still like playing for the camera, screaming, yelling, do all this stuff. It's not necessary, but she just feels like they're really lip syncing for their lives. And that's true. Man, who do we think as of now, should I just do a prediction? Cause I think we're like halfway through the season now. Who do we think is coming back to their respective franchises? I really think that now that Taylor is in orange County, 
and I think maybe Dan or Brandon from Come Through Queen said this, that they should have Taylor and Tamra go back next season, which I actually think is brilliant, brilliant casting. I really, really think that they're angling for a Phaedra return, but I don't know how they're going to do that with Candy. It's really going to be, because I think Candy's drawn like a pretty hard line in the sand about not doing Housewives if she's not going to be, if Phaedra's going to come back. But like, there was this whole thing where Phaedra was on Watch What Happens Live, I think. I think she was. She was somewhere with Andy. And Andy did this whole video of him with Mr. President and the prince. And he kept calling the prince Mr. President for some reason. But um, it was like a very cute scene. And yeah, I think they, they're going to do something with Phaedra. Do you think Phaedra's going to get her own show? <sighs> Phaedra might get her own show. Maybe this is not what we're thinking. Like, maybe we need to think bigger than... Ooh, maybe that's the compromise. Phaedra gets her own. Ooh, okay. You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. Um, Brandy, no, we don't need her back. Vicky, I don't need her. I really don't. Um, I would like to see Dorinda on Legacy, but I think that's basically been confirmed at this point. And Eva. I don't know if this is like Eva's return to Atlanta. I don't think it is. But I think it's a good way to see her out like the way Cynthia did the very opposite (laughs) on housewives on the island baby and went out real bad and real sad um I think this is just like a nice swan song swan song for Eva okay so let's go back ladies are at their tea lunch everybody's talking about how great the aerobics class was how they might even do it again the following morning and then Vicky and Tamara are feeling some type of way because they weren't there and They were just like, Phaedra asked them why they weren't there. And they're like, well, we just needed a little break. We needed to pause. So then Vicky and Dorinda get into it about like Vicky saying that Dorinda was being doing too much. And then Dorinda saying that they were doing too much and how she's been planning this whole trip for everybody. And they just made a mountain out of a molehill. (laughs) Then Taylor says that the Alice in Wonderland theme really... Um, has gone too far because at this point Dorinda's the red queen Vicky and Tamara Tweedledee and Tweedledum and Taylor's just Alice just falling further and further down the rabbit hole oh my gosh then I gotta give it to Eva she calls out Vicky for being negative and she's like you need to stop and then tells, tells us in an interview that Vicky's basically like a daughter like you love her but you also don't understand why she does any of the things that she does <laughs> Jill has managed to stay quiet for the most majority of this episode leading up till now. And uh, Phaedra says in a confessional, this is the most quiet that she's ever seen Jill the whole time since she's been here. So let the girl eat. Let her eat. Okay. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then Jill whispers to Dorinda like, hey, okay, like let the mouse go. Like maybe you just get Tamara a hug or whatever. Dorinda's like, you hug her. So she does. And Jill makes a whole big fuss about how she hugged Tamara. So then Dorinda and Tamara hug. Dorinda and Vicky hug. And we're all like, it's okay. Whatever. Um, Jill says 
to Vicky, when it comes to Dorinda, you're just not going to win. Or maybe Vicky says that. She realizes that when it comes to Dur- Dorinda, she's just never going to win. So she's just going to give it up. Give it up. And I think that might be the first time we've ever heard Vicky say something like that. So you know what? Let's celebrate it. Taylor and Jill have this conversation because on the way back to the tea party, from the tea party, um, Dorinda to the girls in the car had this like emotional conversation about Richard, but more about being alone and how, you know, she just wishes that she's been watching, you know, the married wives calling their husbands and she just wishes that, that she had that option. Right. And so Taylor and Jill have this great talk about, their dynamic, their dynamic being Dorinda and Jill's dynamic. Cause I was always very curious, like, were they friends? What's going on with them? So Jill tells us everything and thank God for that. So first she says she met Dorinda when Dorinda was Mrs. Medley and how Dorinda was really proud of that, of being Mrs. Medley. And she should be because it was like a very prestigious role. I think she said, So then she says, like, she knew her, but they weren't friends like that. And they really more connected after Richard passed. Jill reached out to her, took her out to events. We saw her at some things for Housewives in season four, um, that sort of thing. And then time passes, whatever, and... you know jill's off the show dorinda's back on the show so or not back on the show she finally gets her apple right so jill then reaches out to dorinda after she gets cast on housewives and is just like oh you know congratulations blah 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 but basically she just felt like dorinda stopped checking for her and was just like oh you know i'll talk to you when we stop filming in six months and jill just felt like I did all this nice stuff for you and now you're acting like I'm just like second fiddle and she's, you know, it just didn't feel good. So Jill says in a confessional, she's a little bit bitter about how Dorinda treated her because she's a good friend and not a user. And it takes a user to call somebody a a user. (laughs) Now, I think we'd all be lying if we said that Jill wasn't some sort of operator. She wasn't always advocating and pushing for herself. Like, we all know this, right? We know this to be a fact. And, you know, it's part of the reason why she and Bethany weren't friends anymore. And it's also the reason why she's been, you know, pussy popping this whole time to get back on Housewives. Like, we know this. But, um, yeah, I mean, to the other end, to be treated like you're annoying somebody or like you're the little nerdy sister that she can't be bothered with now that she's with the cool girls. Like, yeah, that probably didn't feel good to Jill either. Later, the ladies have a prohibition party since I guess at one point, Bluestone Manor was a speakeasy. Phaedra, I I don't know where she got this outfit, but it was everything. Okay. And another good thing about watching all these different housewives get together is how they dress for an event because Phaedra was definitely giving Atlanta drama, you know, just extra, uh, Dorinda looked very New York, like expensive, elevated Jill too. Like they were dressed most like stereotypical, like flappers, but expensive ones this was not like a a spirit halloween costume right uh not like tamra or like tamra got the legs avenue um slutty gangster costume (laughs) like maybe she got the nice version of it like the maybe the 89.99 costume but we know where she got it okay that was amazon or spirithalloween.com But Phaedra tells us in a confessional that when Dorinda told them all of the events that they were going to have, she basically planned for this. Like, she was like, like, uh, (laughs) I don't even know, like Katya getting ready for All-Star, Drag Race All-Stars. Like, she came prepared and she was ready to work the runway. Okay? Like, and y'all couldn't tell her anything. And I'm appreciating Phaedra giving her all with these fashions and these wigs and weaves given us a lot to work with. And I appreciate that. The ladies sit down and they have a tasting of Dorinda's Bluestone Manor bourbon. And we finally see a not miserable whining, complaining to quote Christian snow, painfully single (laughs) Vicky 
we were seeing a happy Vicky, and by a happy Vicky, I mean a drunk, woohoo, that sort of Vicky. Just turnt, okay? Turnt up. Um, that happy Vicky turns very quickly to emotional Vicky, like brown liquor, I'm now sad Vicky. And she starts talking to Phaedra about how, you know, one door just closed for her. And by that, she means Steve, like, slamming it right in her face. Um, and how there's going to be another door opens and how terrified she is to walk into that door and how she thought that this was going to be her forever relationship. But girl, you just said last episode that you had not fucked that man in 13 months. And I know that there are plenty of people who can get along with their lives and their relationships and not have sex. But you, Vicky, have just been moaning for the past five minutes about how the bourbon's hitting your vagina. And it's hitting it real good. So I just don't see that as a life for you. And I just like, I need her to get therapy. Because she knows. She knows that this whole thing is like sad. (laughs) She knows it's sad. And she knows that this is bad. And yet she doesn't seem to want to do anything about it. And that's like really sad. Like you would rather just be miserable and be in a miserable relationship just to have a man on your arm than like feel better about yourself. That's sad, baby. Then Dorinda announces that they're going to have two desserts, okay? One actual dessert, but one pre-dessert in the form of a lovely burlesque dancer. Not Sonia Morgan, okay? (laughs) Just to be clear, this was an actual trained burlesque dancer. Beautiful, gorgeous body. Brandy really took to her. I didn't really get a good view of her eyebrows, but Brandy seemed to be... um, Putting her signal out there, okay? We'll just, we'll put it that way. Tamara, for some reason, decides to do a strip tease. You know, probably because her outfit is from some, like, stripper website. But, you know, it doesn't seem like people even notice her taking her clothes off. They're all pretty focused on the woman who's there to actually do her job. It was, it was sad. It was sad to watch a 50-something-year-old woman, like try to take down her like trousers get no reaction and then have to sadly put them back up like not anybody saw it except for vicky and vicky was like why am i here and why are you doing this to me so the ladies get back inside and they put their pajamas on and then dorinda starts to tell she tries to tell the story about how she met jill 20 years ago but brandy's ready to party She's got her little onesie on. She's wanting to start the music, take your clothes off, scream, do shots, woohoo, whatever. Um, that poor burlesque dancer got roped into a lot of this, and it seemed like she didn't want to be there. <laughs> I don't know why she wasn't allowed to go home, because they just find her in the kitchen. They're like, come on, party, woo, 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 party. No, no. Call my Uber right now. Tamara again... Tries to get naked, naked wasted, if you will. She um, flashes the camera for what felt like hours, but was maybe five seconds. And that's frankly long enough. And then she's like, oh my God, I don't have my nipple covers on. So yeah, we just saw your full tit, Tamara. But I was also like, much like Sonia, I've seen both of their nipples more than I've seen my own. So nothing about this is provocative, girl. Like you may have just showed an elbow. Wouldn't have made a difference to me. So then the girls all are kind of like, I don't really want to do this. Eva starts first. She's like, you know, I have my actual radio show. I got to wake up at five. So I'm going to go to bed. So Jill is like, oh, my gosh, Eva, can I be on your show? And Eva's like, no, (laughs) you can't. This is a nationally syndicated show. And uh, you're going to need to have clearance to be on the show. She's like, "Okay, well, how about I just sit on the, the couch or whatever? And Eva's like, no, girl, good night. So Dorinda picks up on this and Dorinda starts getting irked because Jill is in selling mode, right? And she's like, girl, leave Eva alone. She told you, she tried to tell you nicely, like, stop harping on it. Don't ask if you can sit on the couch and watch her, like, leave her alone. So then Jill starts feeling some type of way and basically is like, you know, I've tried to be nice to this woman because I'm in her home and all of that. I'm trying to be polite, but she's really pissing me the fuck off. I don't like, you know, our history. She keeps acting like I'm some kind of loser and I don't like it. So she starts crying 
about how her feelings are hurt. She and Eva had this conversation. She's like, I wasn't trying to do anything. Like, I just, I didn't think it would be that big a deal. Eva's like, girl, this is not that deep. And then Dorinda finds them and Phaedra. (laughs) And it's a whole thing with Dorinda and Jill. And Dorinda's like going back with Jill about like how she shouldn't have done that. And like kept trying to pitch herself and stuff. And Jill calls, (laughs) Jill calls Dorinda a bitch. And I really think it's got to take Jill like a pretty far rope before she gets to bitch. And I love to see it. And I'm really looking forward to this like part two of Dorinda versus Jill because I want to figure this all out. Let's really put it all out on the table and let's talk about it. I want to talk about the off screen stuff. I want to talk about the on screen stuff or is there really because like I kind of want to hear Jill just say like I'm the one who brought you into this world and... You need to humble yourself because I think that's really what she wants to say, but she's not, she's not trying to say it. So, Ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back later this week. If you're a TLC head for Seeking Sister Wife, which you guys, if you haven't watched it, girl, girl, mess, check it out and uh, welcome to Plathville. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.